you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 112 of On a Mother Level. I'm your host, Denise Sinitka, and today we are going to talk about boobs. Real, juicy boobs. And we're going to talk about them because my friend Megan Lalonic is here to talk about getting her real boobs back. She had breast implants for over 20 years. And she decided to get rid of them, to free herself from the weight of them. And she's going to talk to you about why. And it's something that a lot more women are doing. It's a surgery called explant surgery. And it's getting more common for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's getting more common simply because it was the 80s, 90s, 2000s that a lot of women were getting them in the first place. So now, 20 years in, patients like Megan are reporting a lot of the same things. Fatigue, brain fog, joint pain, hair loss, inflammation, depression, anxiety, strange rashes, things that on their own can be, like Megan did, attributed to something else. Oh, my mom, I'm super busy, I'm super tired, this and that. But there's also a school of thought that all of these things are actually breast implant illness, BII. This is not a medically recognized term. So Megan talks about how you have to find a surgeon who believes in breast implant illness because BII is not recognized as a formal medical diagnosis. And so there's no specific test or a rendered criteria to define or characterize it. But people like Megan say that it's real and they know that it's real because of their own experiences with their breast implants. Breast augmentation is still the most popular cosmetic procedure. About 400,000 of these surgeries are done every year. But in the year 2020, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons estimated there were about 110,000 breast implant removal surgeries. Okay, so about a quarter of the number that are going in are coming out. But that explant number is more than double what it was two years ago. So you see, this is picking up steam. And so Megan is here to talk about her experience. She got it done in early January. And when we talked, she was about five weeks out from her surgery and she already experiences the big difference. Obviously, you know, just in the way she feels in her body, you know, she had um, several pounds lifted off of her chest that she had carried around for 20 years. And then there's some of the little details too that she's going to talk about, changes she's already noticed. And so this is Megan Lalonic 2.0, and she is a delight. You're really going to enjoy this conversation. And at the end, she shares some ways that you can get in touch with her if you have any questions about Explant and her 
um, experience and how she found her surgeon and some other resources that might be able to help you. So here we go. This is mom of two, Megan Lalonic. So Megan, where I want to begin with you is, first of all, congratulations on a year of growth and change. So much has happened to you in the last year. Most recently, you opened your own salon. Yes. That's huge. I know. I know. I have had more change in the last seven months. (laughs) I'm good for a while. Okay. I can get emotional because it's just been a lot. It's been a lot, but with change comes growth. Right. And so I don't know why I'm crying, but it has been a lot for me, but it's been good. It's been really good. And so far everything's been going in a positive direction for me. So, but you know, I miss my family and I miss salon halo and all the girls and guys there. And, but it's good. And I never saw this coming in my life, um, moving here to North Carolina um, and then opening up my own studio. It wasn't on my radar ever. Like I had had a heck of a time finding a place to call my salon home here. It just is weird. It's different here. It's, it's much different. Like in Iowa, we've got some rocking salons. Like honestly, our area, the area there, the salons are beautiful. Um, the owners throughout the years that I've worked with and for have really set a high standard for me coming here. I was like, this is nothing like the salons in Iowa. So here we are. And it's been fun. It's been super fun meeting all the new people and um, having new people in my chair and creating my own little space. And my husband's been awesome helping me with all of it. I couldn't do any of it without him. So he was really encouraging on doing that. So yeah, thankfully it's all working out. Well, it takes a lot of guts to start your own studio to begin with, but to do it in a brand new place, you know, that you're just getting Mm -hmm. used to a brand new life mid pandemic. Um, and what we'll talk about, um, a little bit later, which is taking a proactive step for your health. Yeah, for sure. So Megan, would you describe yourself as like a crunchy mama? Do you think you're pretty crunchy? Oh, pretty crunchy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like the pandemic has not been kind to the crunchy mama. Yep. I've done pretty well with trying to let my kiddos lead, you know, live a pretty normal life pre pandemic. I'm not a huge mask fan and, you know, kudos to those who want to wear them. I have nothing against it. I, I just personally, for me and my family, I'm not a huge fan. So I will comply when I have to, but I will try to avoid them at all costs if we have to, but my son has to wear his to school. My other one doesn't, you know, and it was hard for me when I worked in Iowa in the very beginning, I had to wear a mask and I did, but you know, things have loosened up quite a bit. And I think everyone's frustrated, crunchy or not. Yeah. We're getting to the point where, you know, regardless of your viewpoints, I think everyone's getting tired, you know, of the fight with all of it. And so, and as you know, certain countries and different States like Iowa, um, you know, a lot of things are being lifted and are changing and some are not, some are still, there's still restrictions in place, but I just think at the end of the day, like do whatever you feel like is right for you and your family. I'm always, and have pre pandemic have been, um, someone very strong with medical freedom. 
Whatever you choose to do with your body, you do it for you and your family, whatever works for you. And I don't care what it is. I, I won't judge you, but being crunchy, I think you get judged a lot with having different choices in the mainstream that most people choose to do for themselves and their family. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm very strong with my viewpoints on that. Um, and I never try to push my views on other people unless they come to me and they ask me for them. And, and I, and I have had lots of mamas come to me um, and asking me particular, you know, questions about stuff that's more crunchy. And I'm always happy to lead them to their own research because at the end of the day, that's important too. You have to do your own research. You can't take my word for it or or you mine know, else. <laughs> or yours little or miss whoever. mainstream media over here <laughs> yeah right i know but you know it's just it's tricky yeah it is. it's tricky so well and the, the reason that i brought it up is because you made such a huge decision about your health recently mm-hmm. and that is to yeah. get your breast implants removed yeah and those implants you've had for half of your life uh-huh just shy of 22 years. Yeah. I'll be, yeah, I'll be a uh, 44 in May. So I got them right before I turned 22 years old. So it's crazy. I got them out because a, I was really wanting to just rid of anything toxic in my life. Like I don't use chemicals to clean one. I, I use Norwex and there's certain areas of my life. I try to control that type of thing. I happen to be a hairstylist. I happen to have been in the industry for 25 years, which I'm around chemicals all the time. But the implant thing, you know, breast implants are made of silicone, a silicone shell, whether they're filled with water, saline or silicone, it's silicone. And it's very toxic to our bodies. And that was just like one of the biggest steps to get it out of my body. And, you know, it takes up to two years for a person's body to heal fully you know, from all of it. So, um, you know, there's certain things I'm hoping that I have with the breast implant illness. Um, I'm hoping those symptoms will go away. So I feel happier. I feel a big relief, a lot of pressure. I don't know. I just feel like, I just, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, yeah. Take me back to when you were 22 and deciding to get them. You know what I mean? Uh Because like 22 feels like a different universe for me. (laughs) You know, I was a completely different person at 22. So like, what was, what was your mindset at 22? What was like, you know, what made you want to get them in in the first place? And, and I guess two part question, what did you really know about them? Well, I'm tall and I'm curvy and I had a small chest and I just felt probably insecure. Like I feel like now, since I've had two kids and I'm in my forties, I feel more probably secure with my body now having two babies than I did way then when I was in my twenties, I for sure suffer from some body image problems. And I think I probably got them just to feel better about myself. Like I was obsessed with boobs when I was a child. Like I would put balloons in my shirts and I just (laughs) always wanted what I didn't have. And I, I guess I went into it, not even looking in, like I didn't even care when you're that young, you don't think anything is going to happen to you and you just want what you want and nothing's going to stop you. Right. So I just wanted big boobs and yeah. I got them. And honestly, I feel 
prettier now having them out and just being back to my natural breast size and stuff. So, yeah. But at the time, did they make you feel the way you wanted to feel at the time where you like this, you know, this felt good to me. And there's really no, like no wrong answers to these questions. Right. I mean, I don't feel like, you know, honestly, probably for a while, but there's certain pains that come along with stuff like that too. Like only certain, certain shirts did look good and some didn't look so good. Like I could never be someone that would be able to wear like those flowy tops. Cause I always look pregnant, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing, but when you're in your twenties and you're not pregnant, you don't want to be looking pregnant. So certain clothes looked great. Some didn't look great. And I mean, I like to exercise. So sometimes they got in the way for that. And, you know, I, I was able to thankfully, um, breastfeed my babies and, I was told that that was going to be an okay thing to do too. So that was always an important question. That was one of the questions I did ask before going into it. It was like, will I be able to, you know, someday when I have children, be able to, to nurse my kiddos. And they said, yeah. So, and I did, and, and it was a success. So, but yeah, I don't know. I just, as time went on, I just got tired of them. You know, I just got tired of the big breasts and they actually made me feel maybe not as attractive, you know, and I don't know. I just, it's just, I was just sick of them. Well, and especially like it comes with age, of course. And I think even with like Instagram and stuff, you see now how quickly like the body fads change, you know, like totally. I grew up with like the nineties supermodel sort of situation. And yeah. then there was like the, that waif time, you know what I mean? Where it yeah. was like, everyone was so, so skinny. And I've never been any of these things. I've always been tall and like relatively thin and like, you know, but like those, those trends have changed in just the short time that we've been on earth. You look at like the overinflated, like bodies that are happening now in totally different ways than they were in the nineties and two thousands. Back then it was like Pamela Anderson and Anna Nicole Smith. And I don't know, I went to the gym a lot at Gold's gym. And I feel like a lot of the women there you know, we're super fit. And, you know, when you get super fit, you lose your breast tissue and, you know, they just want to feel feminine and pretty. And I don't know. I just think you're right. Like trends sort of do change in and out with, with things like that. Now it's like what, um, women are getting their booties bigger. Like I got, I already got that. I don't need any more of that. I don't need any help in that, in that area. So they do like certain things like trends with bodies and things do change, you know, and this breast implant women getting them out, you know, I don't know if I would call it a trend could be, but I feel like women are becoming more aware of what's going on and linking it to maybe like not feeling good and being super sick and all of these symptoms that they have to their implants and women are being very proactive now and they're getting them taken out. So what got you started on that path? What was the trigger to doing that first Google search? Well, Again, I was, had been thinking like for a while, like I cannot wait to get these boobs out. You know, I'm just so sick of them. They're so big and I'm just tired of it. And then there was actually a recall on um, some breast implants, the textured implants specifically. They were linked to um, a breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. And it was, it was more linked to the textured ones. I didn't have those. I had smooth saline, um, but still it was very alarming. And we all know women in our lives that have these implants and, 
you know, we talk amongst each other, friends and family members, and um, it's scary. And so my sister at the time lived out in California and I had kind of brought this up to her and she's like, you need to, um, you know, get on Instagram. There's this girl I follow. She's an Instagram influencer and she just had her implants taken out. And so she's like, there's also a page that you need to check into and educate yourself a little bit more. And she doesn't have implants, my sister. So she, you know, didn't have, you know, she's not on these pages, but she was, you know, telling me about it. And so I said, all right. So she sent me the link to the, to the girl, you know, there's a, a Facebook page called breast implant illness healing by Nicole. I've been a fly on the wall for a good three years. So I went on there, joined, was almost a little afraid to even read kind of like would come in and out of it, looking at it. And then, you know, finally I'm like, okay, I'm going to read some more and do some more research and read. And then, and then I, I never really went into it thinking I was sick. No, like I'll go on here. I'll find a surgeon that is a microsurgeon, you know, and will remove my implants properly. And then you learn about all that, like the proper way to take an implant out versus just removing it and leaving your breast cap, like the capsule um, in there. Like you need to get everything out and there's a proper way to take it out. And so there's a list of surgeons, you know, per state that you live in um, that are approved. Some surgeons believe in it. Some do not. Some surgeons are now only explanting and some are explanting and still implanting. But the most important thing is like to find a surgeon that actually believes in breast implant illness because it is real. Um, So I printed off the sheet and I went through and I'm looking at all of these symptoms and I'm like, oh my God, I have that and I have this and oh my gosh, I have that too. And I just associated it with being a mom mm-hmm. and, you know, being a little older. And, you know, one of the big things that I suffer from terrible is brain fog and memory, terrible. And I thought mom brain, you know, I just losing, losing it because my children took part of my brain cells with them. And, you know, thinking that my husband would be like, where is your brain? Like it's gone. And then reading, I'm like, okay, that's not good. I have migraines, terrible migraines. Um, That's another one. I get migraines and headaches very easily. Um, I also was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Um, Gosh, irritable bowel, weight issues, inflammation, and very sensitive to sound and light and going on this page and reading and all these women are very similar things going on. And I've even told some of my girlfriends that have been too about this and they had no idea. I have a friend who's actually way more, you know, ill than I am. And I introduced her to this page and she's having an explant surgery in April. And I'm always one to bring awareness, you know, and never be pushy, but you know, then I give it you the information you take with it, whatever you need, you know, and, and run and go find it. And she was so grateful, you know, and to know and other women don't even have a, any idea that this even exists. And so I don't know, it was all about timing for me because it's a surgery where you need a lot of time to heal and it's not a cheap surgery. So, you know, some insurance companies will pay for your um, explant surgery, which I haven't even tried to do that. Um, I'm going to though, try a lot of them get theirs paid for if their implants have um, ruptured, they get their implants removed and they get better. I think that's the situation with, um, you know, from the bachelor Claire. Yes. She's on there. Yes. So she, she went to Dr. Raven a couple months ago 
And mm-hmm. so she's the first one that I saw, like really document this journey. And I think she yes. had that, like the skin issues, you know, and yes. like strange rashes and she could never yeah. figure it out. Like you're saying, test, test, test. Everything's yep. checking out negative. I know it's crazy. There are more and more, um, you know, celebrities getting their implants out too. Like I, you know, forward you the explant documentary and it followed a woman who is very well known for having big breasts. Um, she had them removed and it's crazy because they took a sample of her blood, urine and hair after her explant and they found silicone in all of it. And she took it to a physician and he read her results and he's like, yeah, you got, you know, silicone and all this inflammation and all these inflammation markers in your, in your body. And it's just, it's crazy. And then she went back to her original surgeon and he kind of denied it. You know, it's just, I'm just relieved that I I was able to have the surgery and it was perfect timing moving here to North Carolina. Um, and I found a surgeon here in the area. That's, that's amazing. And, um, yeah. Tell me about your doctor a little bit because he still puts them in, but you said he's taking them out. At a, at, I mean, the yeah. ratio was so interesting. This area that we live in, um, it's like a suburb of basically of Charlotte. Um, so my doctor's name is Dr. Cortesis. Um, he has a couple different locations, one in Huntersville and then one in Charlotte. He's a busy guy and he has a couple other partners. I think a, a female surgeon just joined their team. And then he has another name, Dr. Pahardi. And I know Dr. Pahardi is also on the list of explant approved surgeons. Same thing with Dr. Cortesis. Um, and actually they were both voted, um, best surgeons in uh, Newsweek They're, They got some pretty good credentials and he's the nicest man. And actually my chiropractor, his wife had an explant with Dr. Cortesis and he, she was one of the first patients that he had. And so I've gotten some pretty cool inside info from my my new chiropractor here, which went to Palmer, by the way. Oh, and I don't know, it's, just, it's so funny how all these little like circles and, and whatnot. So, so yeah, I don't know. He just, you know, he has a business still and I don't know what his plans are for the future, but, um, all I know is, is he believes in breast implant illness and he removed the mind the proper way. And I couldn't be happier with my results from how he took good care of me. So yeah. And I just had my five week follow-up today and everything's healing. I got my tape off finally and all my incisions look amazing. And so I'm really happy with how my body is, is, um, is healing so far. So can I have you break down some of like the process? So like how many visits did it take to get to the surgery? Like what was the lead time, um, that you were planning all of this and like, what did it take to, you know, to get to that OR in the first place? Right. Right. So, you know, the first step is to like, decide, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this surgery, you know? And I, and I wanted to do it because I hadn't started my career here in Mooresville, North Carolina. So I knew I was going to need to take off a good month before I would get back into the hair. So the initial making that, finding the surgeon, making that appointment, um, we moved here in August and I, I had been here I had called ahead. I, I, I'm trying to remember the timeline, um, maybe a month out from us moving and made the appointment for a consultation. Um, we moved here in August and I went and had my consult with Dr. Cortesis a few days later. And I, he could have gotten me in in October, but I wanted to wait 
until the new year, just for um, financial reasons and things. So I could have gotten it, you know, a couple months into making the appointment. Um, but, you know, you go in and you have your consult. You, they actually does virtual consults too. So if someone lives out of state or a little too far away, they do virtual consult. A lot of surgeons do that. Actually, they do virtual consultations. Yeah. So I just went in and had my consult with him. He was super, super nice. And I felt very comfortable with him and he made me definitely um, feel good about my decision and definitely made me feel like I believe in this and you're going to feel better. You're going to feel so much better after you get your implants out. I promise you. And and, you know, it, it was very, he's very compassionate and very sweet about it. You know, he doesn't make you feel like you're crazy or nothing. He's just was a great guy. And as nurses and everybody, it was just amazing. So um, I had my surgery January 7th. So bringing in that new year. How long (laughs) did the surgery take? It was an hour and a half. Okay. So they go in there and um, I also had a lift done. So um, an hour and a half total when he goes in there and he does the explant. And um, I actually had quite a bit of my um, capsule was on my rib. So he had to do a little bit of a capsulectomy, but the proper terminology is called an end block where they remove your implant with the capsule around it in a hole sometimes. And, and he was able to remove mine with my capsule, mostly hundred percent attached on the left, on the right. Some of it was attached to my rib and they, you have to be very careful because then you can puncture a lung. So that that's why it's important to choose a surgeon that is not only a a board certified plastic surgeon, but they also have training in this type of surgery, which is considered microsurgery. And, you know, he had to do a little bit of a capsulectomy on the right, just because of how my implant was attached to my rib. So, but I got out safe and sound and everything came out and he was able to remove all my capsule, which is important to remove all the capsule because that's what contains all the toxins and stuff from the implant. And Did you have yeah, a, so- like, uh, like a goodbye moment in the mirror before you went into surgery where you're like, so long yeah. old body. Right. Like- oh yeah. I took photos at home and then they took photos too. And then looking at, looking back at those now, I'm like, Oh, is, those things were huge. And I'm so glad they're out of my body. And I carried those around for so long, you know, and I definitely felt lighter. Like I could take a deeper breath. And that's what a lot of women say too. They're like, I finally could take the deepest breath. And I don't know. I immediately almost wanted to cry when I woke up because I was like, oh my God, it's over. They're gone. Like this is such a relief. And now I can I feel like I can move forward with my life because I kind of based everything around this surgery moving here. I just didn't feel like I could move forward with my career here until I had that done. And now they're out and I'm moving forward with my career. And I did go back to work last week, very light, but yeah, it's, I'm just glad it's, it's, it's over with, but I did have a complication. Oh, I should, that. I, so there are, there are complications. And so my surgery was at seven 30 in the morning. Um, we, we got home and then of course they, this particular doctor, not all surgeons do, but they, he put drains. I had drains. And so you're supposed to empty the drains, you know, every hour or however much and keep, keep track of how much blood and, you know, fluid and things that your body is releasing. And, um, long story short, not to be too graphic. Um, my right drain kept filling up every hour. It was filling up. 
filling up, filling up. And I'm like, this doesn't seem, this doesn't seem normal. And then I had taken, you know, I was on pain meds, which I don't like, but this was my time that I gave myself permission. You know, there's a time and a place for allopathic and homeopathic medicine. And this was the time for allopathic. It's fine. So I said, I'm taking these pain meds because I do not want to be in pain and I do not want to be miserable. And I've really never taken that stuff before, but I took it. Then I took a Valium too. I was supposed to take Valium to help with like, you know, muscle spasms and it actually helps with anxiety. So I took one and I got up to go to the bathroom to have my husband help me with my drain. And I fainted, I fainted. And, you know, here I am with fresh surgery. He can't grab me. And I kind of fell back on the toilet. I, I didn't really get hurt, but eventually we got he got me back to the couch and in long story short, I had a hematoma. Oh I gosh. was bleeding out on my right side. So we, we took pictures, sent them in and they had us come in right away. And I had to have emergency surgery. Oh my so we gosh. had to go back in and I had eaten. So, you know, you can't go, you can't eat before surgery. So my mom had come from Illinois to stay with us for a couple of weeks to help, you know, take care of us and, um, do the cooking. And thank God she came because she was such a huge help. Um, so she had made pot roast and of course I'm starving. So I, I had eaten and, you know, emergency surgery, you can't have food when they put you in anesthesia. So there was that, but I would tell you, they were very swift, very, very quick. Um, they had a, they had a, their office was still open because they were performing surgeries for other you know, patients and they had to stay the night. So he called his whole team in, he had got, they had all gone home, gone home and he called them all in and, you know, they were pretty swift about it. They got me in. It was like a half hour, another half hour surgery. He had to go in and cauterize it again and reopen me up and he got it, you know, got it, got it. And I was okay, but it was scary. And so laying there after that had happened, I'm laying there and I'm thinking like, wow, this is a much bigger surgery and so scary. I knew it was, but then when it's something actually like happens to you, you're like, wow, like this is a, a pretty big deal, which is why I'm so thankful. I found such a great surgeon, you know, because otherwise, you know, I could have died. I could have bled out and he was very quick and very swift and he got me taken care of and I've been great. I'm fine. I haven't had yeah. any other things with the, that, that is a risk with the surgery that can happen. You know, of course, with any surgery, things like that can happen, but but yeah, doctors are so good. We always kind of just like, oh, you know, no big deal, yeah. you know, like, right. I'm in, you right. know, and yeah, like, it's great that you're doing, doing well now. And, but, but yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of are lulled into like a little bit of a false sense of security. Like I'm going to be fine and you are fine. Yeah. But. Right. Right. And I did think that like, I'm just going to give it to God and whatever happens is in his hands. It's in the surgeon's hands. It's in the anesthesiologist's hands. And I trust them. They do the surgery, but these types of things do yeah. happen. Just want to be very transparent about that, but thankfully I'm fine. And they took, he took care of it and all is well. How does the recovery progress then eventually? Like you don't have to have the drains anymore. And then like, what, like what all happens yeah. next? So the drains kind of depend on you on your activity level. So I'm an independent girl and I am not a sitter much, but I really did sit chill a lot. I mean, I had a lot done. Like I had my, my, my explant, I had muscle repair and a lip. So I had a lot, I had a lot going on, 
Um, I have my drains in for 14 days, Okay, 14 days. You just never know. Some people get them out after three days. Some get them out after a week. It just kind of depends on your body. And mine so happened to, it was this right one kept draining, you know, you have to be under 25 cc's of fluid within a 24 hour period. Okay. But there's also a little twist to all of this. I ended up getting COVID (gasps) 10 day, like I ended up getting COVID while I was recovering. And I'm telling you, I was a hermit. I didn't go anywhere after Christmas, around Christmas time and even New Year's. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go to stores. I didn't, nobody came over. My kid, my kids went to school, but that's it. I don't know if I picked it up from the surgery center or, or my, maybe my son Watson, you know, he went to school and my other little boy, actually their school closed down because they had a lot of cases. So I don't think it was from him, but I got COVID. Oh my and so gosh. thankfully it was, it was mild for, for all of us um, that I tested and my mom was visiting. And after she had left, I kind of started feeling achy and I took a test and it was positive. I had to find, I couldn't go to my appointment. It was time to get my drain out, my drains out. I couldn't go because I had COVID. So I found um, someone here at the apartment complex that I live at who was a nurse. She came over and pulled them out for me. Oh my she had gosh. just had, she had just had COVID. So she, you know, we both were in 95s and whatever. We were just trying to be safe, um, a little safer with her coming over with me having full blown COVID, but she came over and she pulled my damn drains out. Wow. And I was, I had read that it wasn't a painful process, but it just felt strange. And it did. It was the weirdest feeling, not painful, but those came out. And after those came out, I felt so free because, you know, you have to wear particular kind of clothes that are, you know, a little flowier and more buttoned up. And, you know, I don't know. I just felt like, oh, finally, this is the last step. The drains are out. So yeah, thankfully she was able to come over and, and, um, and do that for me. So, but. So what's, what's the prognosis now? So what is fully healed to you and how long do you think that will take? Well, um, it'll take a full year for, my body to, you know, my breast and my breasts to heal from having my surgery. So they'll continually change and they call it fluffing. And so today when I went in and had all my tape taken off, my incisions look amazing. The surgeons impeccable work. Um, I'm very happy with the way I'm healing. Um, I have to put scar cream on them and I no longer have the tape. So I've had the tape on for five weeks. Um, I'm happy to have that, have that gone. They didn't really bother me. It gets a little itchy towards the end, but everything is healing great. Um, I did have to wear compression tight, tighter sports bras, you know, to keep, help keep the swelling and, and down and stuff like that. But I have to still, um, I can't lift anything heavier than five pounds for another, I go back in four weeks to see Dr. Cortesis for another checkup. Um, I can go to the gym. I can go and do like walking, um, like elliptical without the arms. I can do some body weight, like lunges and squats. And maybe if I do lift just five pounds, I have to keep it very light still. So, you know, I can't go back to Pilates quite yet. I'm, I'm excited to go back to Pilates. I discovered Pilates since I moved here and I love it, but it's on a reformer. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Oh, I've never tried that. No. It's made it. I love it, but it is a lot of upper body you have to use. So I can't do that yet. So I'm, I'm excited for that to happen hopefully in March, but yeah, I mean, 
I don't have to see him now for another month. So I'll be continuing to fluff is what they call it. Fluffing. (laughs) And I am like super shocked at how much tissue I actually have from the first time I saw them from having my surgery to now, like your body, it does. It just constantly every week I notice changes. So yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing how the body can heal. Do you have an accurate estimate then of like where you started and like what size you're going to be when all is said and done? If that's too personal of a question, you don't have to answer. No, 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 no. So I was a double D before and I'm a pretty solid B. Wow. That is a huge difference. Yes, it is. And it's kind of fun. Like some of these sports bras that I squeezed the girls into before and I'm spilling out of the top. Now I'm like, oh, wow, this fits perfect. This fits just the way it should fit. (laughs) (laughs) It opens up a whole new world of shirts. I know. You know, I obviously haven't gotten rid of any of my clothes, but it's been kind of fun trying on stuff that I had prior and putting them on now. And I just feel better. Like, I'm like, gosh, I love this is great. So I'm happy I did it. It's obviously early, but do some of those things that you checked off are some of those mm-hmm. clearing up, you know, do you, does your brain feel clearer? Um, obviously knowing that it is so early in the process. Yeah. I actually feel like my weight is better already. And I like to drink beer. So it's not because I'm like dieting or anything. And I mean, I'm, I'll have a beer here and there, whatever, because sometimes alcohol, you know, is not good for you. And it holds on to your inflammation and your body can, you know, be puffy or whatever. But even, even if I have a beer here and there, I feel like I'm losing weight. I feel like inflammation is going away. Like your body holds on and is inflamed when you have something like that in there. So, and that's one of the things that on that page, other women have had happen to them too. Like they start losing weight and they're not even really trying. It's like, the inflammation is leaving their body because that foreign object is no longer in there. And I don't know. So I feel like that probably would be it. And I feel like my moods are better. Like okay. I feel happier and I haven't had the M and M yet. I don't want to say the word because I feel like if I do, I'm going to like jinx myself, but I haven't had a bad headache yet. And I just, you know, had the mother nature just visited. And usually that happens around that time and it had, it didn't um, memory loss. I don't know. I feel like brain fog. I don't feel like I have any brain fog currently, but memory loss. I don't know. I have to still see if that is going to get better. And I definitely am someone who suffers from anxiety. My anxiety feels less, but is it because I'm just so relieved and I don't know, I'm going to have to still see, cause that was a big one that I struggle with is, is, is suffering from a lot of anxiety. So I'm hoping that that will improve, continue to improve. And it, and it is, it's just five weeks out. So, you know, it may be a little too early to tell so far, but I'm definitely, you know, going to give myself some more time. Yeah. I don't want to keep you too much longer, Megan, because you've been so generous with your time, but I just have one more question because I think it's an interesting part of your story. Um, so the move to North Carolina that had to do with your husband being retired, right? Huh? Yeah. So yep. how, what is it like having a husband who's retired? Well, he's, he's kind of retired from being an electrical engineer at the nuclear power plant. He worked out there for 30 years and he's been retired now for a year. It's been interesting. 
I was not so happy with him for a while that he, like, I didn't believe him that he was going to actually, we're going to, we were going to actually move. Like I was like, yeah, okay. You know, whatever, you know, just, it sounds great. You know, too good to be true kind of a thing, or you would never do that. Oh no, we did it. And you know, it's not been all bad. It's, it's good. It's beautiful here. The weather it's probably 60 something here today and it's super sunny. It feels like a good spring day. He's now a chauffeur pretty much. That's his job taking kids to and from. We have one car right now because we sold his truck before we moved here. Um, so that's been a challenge. Um, I don't think he's gotten a chance to fully enjoy retirement quite yet. I think next year when both of the boys are at the same school, it'll be much easier for him to feel more retired because Watson goes to um, an elementary school and little steel goes to uh, like a pre-K Montessori based outdoor school. And they go to school at totally different times. Watson here in North Carolina, um, the tardy bell is at seven 30. And Steele goes to school at noon. So when we, when we're dropping one off, we have a few hours in between in the morning time. But then when we drop off Steele at noon, we got to go get in line to pick Watson up at two. So there's a lot of car time. So he's been in the car a lot, chauffeuring all of us around and then chauffeuring me back and forth to work or, or what have you. So it's been fun though. He being an engineer and having that engineer mind, and I have more of that creative mind we balance each other out because with this whole thing, with the business and the salon, thankfully he is keeping me in check and keeping things organized and doing all that stuff that I don't like to do. So he's retired from the nuclear power plant, but he's actually staying busy, you know, with family life. He, he was just at home doing dishes before I left. <laughs> but you have kind of a cool living situation. It sounds like you guys like just wanted to like get your feet wet in the area and figure things out from there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're looking for a house. Yeah. Which housing it's um, around 200 families moved to the Charlotte area a day. Holy smoke. <laughs> this area is booming and yeah. we have, and one of my um, fr- friends that I just met, my son's on that basketball team. One of the, the dads was just showing me these stats last night in the country out of all the cities we have in the country we have raleigh and charlotte where people are just moving to and just grow like tons of families are moving here all the time and so it's very very busy and so the housing market here is nuts like everywhere but it's just it's crazy here so we are still in search of a home um haven't found one yet we live here near a lake one of the largest lakes in in north carolina it's called lake norman and so my husband would love to become a boater, but you can't find um, anywhere to dock your boat, which we don't have a boat. But if we were to get a boat, you have to find a place to store your boat and you can't find it. Like this place, everyone wants to live here. It's, it's a beautiful area. Um, so yes, we are living in an apartment currently at uh, Hawthorne Waterstone and it's a great place. Like I'm in this little area right now. Um, I can't be in my apartment because the kids don't have school today. And we wouldn't be able to have this conversation <laughs> anyways. So it's a great place, but I, we're ready to find our yeah. house and it's, it's been, it's been good, but then we're kind of getting to be tired of this, 
apartment yeah. living. But I'm ready for that pool out here to be ready to go out there. When we first moved here, felt like I was in college. I mean, everybody is so nice. Everybody's from everywhere. Very rarely do you find someone that's local. And uh, tons of people are moving here from New York. Tons. Wow. Every time I someone from New York, New York. Everybody's so nice. Lots of kids. Yeah, everyone's either looking for a home or they're or they're or they're building. Tell me how the boys are doing because your steel is five, my Abrams five. They had um, very similar, very similar due dates, July yep. and September. Oh yeah, yep. So Watson is in fourth grade. He goes to a school called Woodland Heights Elementary. He, he's my kid that doesn't. He likes school socially. But like, I just got an email from this teacher that he's a little behind on, on, on an assignment. And I'm just like, this kid, he just <laughs> challenges me. He's my challenge child. We all have one, you know? Um, so after we get done with this, I got to go home and talk to him about that. But then, you know, he's doing great though. He's a, he's a sweet boy and he, he's meeting friends and having fun and he's in basketball. So this is his first time trying basketball. Um, very proud of him because he's trying very hard and, you know, he's doing great and learning and improving. And then Steele, he is my little sweet little love bug, but yet he's my, I call him my sour patch kid. So he's sweet. Then he's also a little sour too, a little <laughs> spunky. Um, but he goes to a school called Carson Creek and it's a Montessori nature-based school. So they spend a lot of time outside. It is. And the poor kid's going to be in for a rude awakening next year when he goes to kindergarten, because it's going to be totally different. Um, but he likes school. Like he's like, do I get to go to school today, mom? Yep. Oh, yay. You know, he's, he likes school. So they're so, isn't it funny how kids can be just so different? Um, but it just cracks me up, but yeah. So they're, they don't have school today. They have a teacher work day, but then later I have a parent teacher conference with Watson has two teachers at school. Their school's huge. Oh, I bet. I mean, with the rate of growth there, they've, yeah, the schools have got to keep up. Schools are huge here. Lots and lots of kids. There's so many different kinds of schools here too. There's IB school. There's private schools, there's public schools, and there's schools that you have to put your name in a lottery for. It's just very different. Wow. But they're adjusting really great, meeting friends and having fun. And it's fun to be close to the mountains and close to the ocean. And it's been an adventure. It's really pretty here. They've got beautiful parks here to go hiking and lots of different areas of the lake are really pretty. So there is a lot to do here. Well, Megan, I'm so glad I got to catch up with you and you look fantastic. And oh, I'm, we miss you around here. I miss all of you. I miss seeing you in the salon and I'll be back to the quad cities maybe this summer to say hi. So is there anywhere that you would want people to reach out to you if they want to learn more oh, about Explant? hundred percent. I welcome that. I love it. Actually, okay. if anybody wants to send me a message on messenger or if they, if they want to call me and have a conversation, I'm old school. I like to talk with them. So, you know, I am always here to help and guide. And, you know, if anybody wants to know what the Facebook page is, I'd be happy to give them that information. And the woman who started the page, her name is Nicole, and she is a real person. 
and she's very active on the page and um, very knowledgeable. And, you know, there's places that you can click on there and find like articles and, and studies and links and things like that to for anybody who wants to um, be on their journey on starting to learn about an explant. And I've gotten messages since I've posted about my journey and from a lot of women. And so it's, it, I've, I've added quite a few people to the page too. And I can do that as well. If anybody wants me to add them, they just can send me a message to say, please add me to the page. And I'd be happy to do that. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. Good talking to you. Good seeing you. you. Thank you for listening to On a Mother Level, the podcast for moms who can relate. I'm your host, Denise Anitka, and you can find me on Instagram at Denise WQAD and find the show page at On a Mother Level. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.